Welcome to the Real Deal Fishing Podcast. I'm Kevin. I'm Mike. We're back. We're back again. Two straight weeks, man. You think we're uh you think we're getting back into it or what? I think so. And you had even said that we might try to do another one. We tried and 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 I'll apologize to all of our fans. <laughs> I got poison ivy and I'm just an itchy mess. So Kevin's like in some rough places too, though. Yeah, like it's know. not just like on your arm, you know, it's like on your neck and crap. That's yeah, right there on the inner elbow where where it bends. And I thought mm. I had it under control, and then it grew three consecutive days. It's mm. like just miserable, but it, it's just annoying, really, is what it is. Yeah, it really I've been, is. I've been, I've been in more pain. I've been more miserable, but this is like an annoying. It's like it is. why isn't this gone yet? It's irritating. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yep. you know, I, I, I think that's one of my worst things ever. The One of the worst things I ever had was poison ivy, like, on my face. Yep. And then I had to go to work. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, I'm going to have these red. Anyway, you get yep. it. I anyway, had, everybody, um, welcome right back. Right along my hairline. Oh, and yeah. And then I had some right above my eye. But mm. when I put the stuff, when I put the 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 lotion on that, went away right away. Mm. But man, on my neck and on my yeah. arm, no. But well, that's that's where you crease, you know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Anybody, welcome back, everybody. We uh, <laughs> we're glad that you're listening. Uh, thank you to the Boom Squad, Uncle Jeep's in the house today, tonight, and uh, you know we're just thankful for everybody that listens. Uh, make sure that. If you uh, like the podcast that you're sharing it out tonight, we just kind of got a little uh, freeform show. We don't really have a topic, but we do have a topic. Um, we're just going to talk about general things. And uh, I guess observances is kind of what what I would call this show. Uh, today, uh, well, last night, let's start off last night. I went out fishing with a couple of friends. We stayed out fishing till about 3 a.m. Got back to the boat ramp about 3:45. Yeah, I, yeah. This that was like monumental for me. But yeah. uh, we tried our first TikTok live. Um, you know, real like shot at it. I think it went well. I think it yeah. went well. We had about 200 people at first, and then they're like, "Yeah, he's not catching as much fish as Chunky Cat." So <laughs> we ended up we had a solid 40 in there for a while, and I was thankful for that. But, um, you know, we caught about eight fish last night, and that was awesome. The biggest one was about 20 pounds. Anyway, so I got home around four, as you can imagine, you know, lights out real quick. <laughs> uh, I actually woke up at a decent time, man. I went to work about 8.30, and, you know, she was saying goodbye to me, and I got right up at, out of bed. So, you know, that little four hours of sleep, you know, did me fine. Um, but anyway, the point is, is that, Today, instead of going out on the water with all the the pleasure boaters and everything, they're trying to get that last bit of summer in before, you know, summer vacation's over. I decided that my boat is in desperate need of a good pressure washing. So, Mike, I took this little bathroom cleaner from Walmart. It's like 98 cents. I bought like four bottles. And uh, I just sprayed deck, you know, sprayed the seats down, took everything off the boat. That wasn't bolted down. Uh, so you're talking about life jackets, tackle boxes, weight boxes, first day kit, whatever. Anything that wasn't bolted to the boat came off, cleaned out everything. Um, you know, cleaned the boat, obviously. But the, the thing that I'm trying to get to is that uh, after I cleaned the boat, I went through all of this stuff that I had packed in there. And honestly, I'd forgotten a lot of stuff I put in there. Um, and that's kind of where I, I want to start tonight is, you know, I'm obviously looking at this from a boater's perspective and you're going to look at it from a bank fisherman's perspective, but what are the things that we have on board on my boat with me and, you know, in the truck bed or in your tackle box or whatever your, your to go bag when we go fishing that we have to have, or that it's a good idea to have that maybe we don't always think about. So I'll go first. One of those things for me was uh, last year on a live stream, I caught about a four pound blue cat. No, it wasn't that big, maybe a, a pound or two. 
and I was being cavalier with how I was holding it, and I wasn't treating the fish with respect that it deserved, and it flipped on me. And that side fin went directly into the web of the the web of my thumb, and my pointer finger is actually this hand, and uh, stabbed me pretty good, probably about a quarter inch into the web of my hand, and this was live, and uh, and Jeep says I keep torpedoes. <laughs> That's so you gotta have some torpedoes. But anyway, after that, I. I now keep a gallon of water, distilled water on the boat. Um, and then I also keep uh, first aid. I made two first aid kits, and I didn't even realize I had them in there. It's been a year since I even looked at them. And uh, so that's one of the things. What about you, Mike? What's one of your things? Well, first of all, I totally agree with your first aid kit. And I learned the lesson when I cut myself and I didn't have anything to put on it no band-aid no ointment no nothing and actually I'll, I'll give Kristen full credit she's the one who got the little first aid kit and put wow. it in my tackle bag way to go Kristen and then I didn't even think about it again until a gentleman just down the bank happened to he's like hey uh I was rigging up my line here and I kind of stabbed myself with my knife you wouldn't happen to have any big band-aids would you and i'm like oh lord what am i gonna see here and uh i went over there and there was a lot of blood mm. but he didn't have any band-aid to cover he got mm. it under control but he didn't have any band-aid to cover it up so that's when i got to explain to him that Kristen's really smart and organized and organized my bag for me with this this gift but uh yeah just to just to uh, go just to finish up the first aid thing one thing that I didn't realize that was, I you know, you need to clean the wound, and I didn't have any kind of water on there. Like, even the water that I brought to drink was flavored water. And <laughs> I, you definitely don't want to clean it out with the river water um, yep. with all the bacteria in there. And then, and then your flavored water, you know, that's full of chemicals or whatever. Yep. So that's why I keep the gallon of distilled water on there. Um to, to clean out the wound. I didn't realize how much that was necessary. So that was just something that I, I had a first, I always had a first aid kit, but it wasn't so extensive and I definitely didn't have the water. Well, you brought a great topic here and I feel really bad that almost all of my initial thoughts have been examples of failure you know, examples of we have it all this sense. stuff, we have all this space, and yet we can fail to have something that is, you know, either needed uh, once in a while or needed all the time. My, the first thing that popped in my head when you said, what do you, what, do you, what can you, you, you know, uh, I thought of a net because I'm always hearing from my family members, oh, I went fishing and hook this big fish and I'm sitting there trying to figure out how I'm going to land it. And I didn't have my net. I left it up in the truck and I'm just like, you got no excuse then you, you even had it in the truck and you still they're like, well, I wasn't planning on catching any big fish. Well, there's another failure, but I don't really feel that's what you meant by the topic. No, but that's unique um, to bank fishermen. Like a net is always going to be on board the boat. But, you know, you think about the bank fishermen, most of the fish you're just going to drag up on the bank. Usually you, you, you get a you nice get a, piece of bank. If you get a whopper or you're in a like a bank with a steep decline or something, you know, you got to think about that stuff. Yep. And, uh, and what if you have a long walk from the truck? You got to you got to figure the benefits versus the toil of I'm going to that net all that way. Down. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> Hmm. All right. So the next thing that I saw uh, that I, I, I knew I had this, but I always forget what's in it. And I guess, you know, out of sight, out of mind, you know, you forget about that stuff. <clears throat> but I have a dry bag and it's basically just a, uh, you know, a plastic, you know, plastic bag, but not like Walmart bag. But, you know, it's polyurethane or poly whatever they call it. What is it? 
polyrhythmics. No, that's a band. Uh, <laughs> polypropylene. There you go. Polypropylene sack. And, you know, you put your stuff in it and then you roll the air out and then it's got a buckle on top so you can have a handle. And I have that on the boat. And it's interesting you brought up failures because most of the time, unless you're really proactive, you know, if you don't have the these experiences to teach you what you need to have, or you don't have somebody telling you, hey, you need a first aid kit with water on the boat. You learn from those mistakes. You know, you don't want that to happen again. So one of the things is I got caught in a rainstorm uh, back when I had the little bass boat, and we got soaked. It's summertime. No big deal, right? Well, the temperature dropped like 30 degrees, and I'm soaking wet, freezing my tail off. And I said, never again. Never again. So I have that 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 dry bag. It's got a T-shirt. It's got a, a rain suit in it. It's got some big, thick socks in it. And it's got a, like a beanie hat. And basically stuff to keep you dry and warm in case of emergency. So that's always shoved up in there under one of those seats. And I thankfully, I haven't had to use I have had to use a rain jacket. But uh, nothing else. I haven't had that big of an emergency since. So that's that's my number two thing that I noticed today when I cleaned out the boat. Well, the second thing that I thought of that uh, I think of as a, a real need when I'm fishing, and sometimes, for whatever reason, I don't happen to have it in my tackle bag, is... A pair of pliers, mm, mm-hmm. and it it these these can be used either to help you get a hook out of a fish's mouth. I mean, if you're lucky, you'll catch a big fish, and it sometimes mm-hmm. they happen to hook themselves in a difficult position, mm-hmm. uh, or or you get them in that jaw, and and it's just hard to to get them in that can't, bone. Can't get it out with with your hand, yeah, you know, with your fingers. Another thing you can use pliers for is if your tackle bag falls apart and you got to bend something back into place or, or even your rod or your reel. Mm -hmm. And there's been times where I'm just like, what did you do to this reel? And Lauren's like, I don't know, get some pliers out and fix it. (laughs) And she's right. And I didn't happen to have any pliers. And she's Mm -hmm. like, you got all those pliers at home and you don't have one pair. I mean, you just, it's the funniest thing. It's, <laughs> it's the, to me, it's, uh, Dude, it's all so reminder that pliers. it's all a reminder that God has a great sense of humor. Oh yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but no, I agreed. Pliers. Uh, I can't tell you like, yeah, last night, I think I used pliers for the fish. Um, uh, I do have uh, snips, to, to cut lines and stuff, but oftentimes since the pliers are already on my bait board, I just grab the pliers to cut line. So cut line. Um, whenever I'm brim fishing and I bend those gold hooks, I use the pliers to bend it back. I mean, it, you're right, man. There's so many things. You know, if you if you have a you know a loose nut or a bolt or something, you can just grab them and even though they're not meant for that, you know. Yeah, that's an awesome one, man. Well, especially on a boat. Because you can run into different sizes as well, mm-hmm. you know. I I had always tried to keep like a a very compact socket set. Yep. And some pliers and a couple couple screwdrivers mm-hmm. on the boat when I had a boat. But then honestly, I never used anything but the pliers. Yeah. Well, that was going to be my next thing. Is you know, I in my I have a dry box that I take on and off. It's got my fishing license in it it's got some emergency stuff fuses things like that um and then it's got my trolling motor remote my pliers my bait knife all that stuff um but that's that comes on and off the boat with me so that i don't have to dig through stuff to find it but in that in that dry box i have a little socket set i have a pair of channel locks a couple screwdrivers but what I didn't realize is in that safety kit that I had made that we talked about earlier, 
I have a screwdriver in there too. I never knew about. I got a screwdriver in there. I got pliers <laughs> in there. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Surgery maybe with that stuff on my hand. <laughs> I don't know, but it's in there. And uh, you know that it's good to have that stuff. And I wish, you know, sometimes when you get an emergency situation, because hopefully you're not getting in emergency situations a whole lot, but you, you don't really remember that stuff is there. But I'd like to believe that if if on the boat or on the bank, if we're ever in a real bad situation, that we'd have to search through stuff that we have just to just to see what we got. And then that stuff would pop up and we'd be thankful that we put it in there. But but yeah, a good little toolkit. I don't carry much. Um, at a certain point, you just got to realize, you know, you're not fixing that engine. You know, yep. you know, yep. you, you get got the basics to, to do the basic little things that always, you know, that commonly go wrong. But, you know, if you throw a piston or, you know, I don't know, whatever, blow it up, you know, it's just it is what it is. How about you, man? What's next? Bank fishing need to have um, tagging on to what you were saying there. Some, you know, think about it too. some boats are really small. You don't have a lot of space to be carrying a whole lot of extra weight, a whole uh, a lot of extra uh, boxes or bags, containers, whatnot. So, like you had said earlier, consider carrying some of these things in your truck mm -hmm. uh, when you're launching a boat. Another thing to consider is you have the trailer. Yep. So you may need to tighten bolts on your trailer. So having that stuff on your boat may not be the best idea. If you keep it in your right. truck, having then your you, truck, can, toolkit you, can, truck. Yeah. you can put your boat there on the dock and, and leave it for a little bit, go fix your trailer up real mm -hmm. quick. Then you're good to go. I, I ran into that too, even though it was a new boat and a new trailer. I'm like, well, what are all these bolts doing on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody forgot That's to tighten that whole left side. That's what it was. They were good on the right, bad on the left. <laughs> I had to fix my trailer lights uh, after, you know, before I went fishing and, and the both bulbs blew at the same time. Imagine that from what I'm being told, you know, when one of them shorted out and blew, it sent all the energy to the other one. I don't know if that's how their electricity works, but it happened. Um, but having a dependable trailer is worth more than having a dependable boat, in my opinion. Um I know it seems weird to say, but you're not even getting to the landing if you can't get on your trailer, you know. Oh, wow. So I've already had, speaking of trailer mishaps, I've already had a leaf spring. My leaf springs broke, and I wasn't prepared for it. It's never happened to me before. I never I never uh, knew what to do. Never even knew how to identify if a leaf spring broke, what would happen. Well, what, what happens is once that leaf spring breaks, there's no suspension on your trailer. And if you have wheel wells on your trailer, it comes down on the tire. So I had to drag that boat home after some research. And, you know, I don't ever want that to happen again. I found out that if you keep a little block of wood, just, a, just you know, a little two by four block of wood, um, you know, five, six inches long, you can jack that trailer up off the axle and put that block of wood there so that your your uh, trailer is not sitting on the wheel, but it's actually sitting on the axle. So now I keep a block of wood in my truck. It's the oddest thing. Nobody's ever asked me about it, but I'm waiting for somebody to go, why do you have just a block of wood in your, <laughs> in your truck? Well, you see, this one time I drug a boat home and it was smoking. <laughs> but I have a block of wood and I have an extra hub assembly. And of course, the spare tire, you know, but, but yeah, the, the, the block of wood is something I never, ever thought about. Our Boom Squad member, Chris, said definitely a lifesaver. Yeah, I, I again, like Mike said, uh, I never knew until I knew. And is because and that and that wasn't necessarily a mistake. That was just a lesson learned from, a you know, an unfortunate circumstance. All right, Mike, what's your next one? I, I used to think of this item 
as a luxury item. But the more I fish, especially with when I use cut bait, I think that a that a towel, a bait towel, oh, yes. or three, yeah, is a really a good idea mm-hmm. because little shad scales are getting all over you. You get a microfiber towel that can actually take some of those away from from your hands. That way you don't get them all over your rods and your reels. Everything gets disgusting if you don't wash your hands up. Uh, Trish takes it to another level. She yep. brings wipes. Oh, yeah. And and I didn't realize I had them right there. She's like, Mike, just use diaper wipes. You got them at your house. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Cases, cases of diaper wipes right in front of me and i didn't think of it that way yeah you know and and uh, uh it seemed like for years it's like hey you got a towel and tone would be like yeah of course and i'm just like yeah well, of course i forget mine you know and and i i started putting more in there because more towels is not a bad thing it's not it's really not. And you can't just have one or two because then they get dirty. You throw them, throw them aside so you can launder them. So have a lot. Have quite a few. Our friend Uncle Jeep says, Bait towels are a must in capital letters when you use pack bait when carp fishing. Now, it's not blood and guts like cut bait. But that pack bait is sticky. Mm. It, you make it sticky for that exact reason. Uncle Jeep is 100% correct. And I almost would rather not have a towel when I'm doing cut bait. I'll just wash my hands off in the water uh, versus pack bait. I just, I, I want to scrub it off of there. It's, yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, t- so as you know, I like the shellcracker fish. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. and when you use worms, you know, you got that dirt. The dirt really isn't a big deal. Um, but then when you get the worm slime, you know, on your hand and then touch the dirt, it becomes mud. Um, and when you forget a towel, we call it a poop towel um, for worm worm poop. But uh, whenever you forget that, you can tell if somebody's forgot their worm towel because their shirt and their shorts are just nasty. <laughs> especially especially if you're on a bed of shellcracker and you're catching them or brim same thing because what do you do you naturally go what you take that hand down to your side and you go whoop all clean and yep. then you're not look you're not looking at yourself you know especially as bigger guys you know we're not looking past that gut to see where we're no, we're not you know we and can't you see your, it you're taking off your shirt and you're like holy crap did i have that on me the whole time <laughs> I usually wear jeans and even even up to like 85 degrees I'll probably still have mm-hmm. jeans on and that's because I'm type 2 diabetic and my doctor and my nutritionist have both said try to try to your best to protect your feet wear steel toes as much as you can which I wear them for the warehouse anyway and then they also say if you think that you might be in a situation where you could get a cut on yourself, mm-hmm. always wear jeans because it's a thick extra layer because I don't want to get a cut and get some kind of infection and then start having troubles. Yeah. But in having those jeans, I'm always like, well, you know, it's pretty much like wearing a towel, <laughs> you know, they're thick, they're rugged, they can take it. And, and I'm smart about it too. I will make sure that I do not rub the side of my jeans. I just rub the top of them. So that way, when I get back into the truck, I'm not getting my truck seat nasty. But you brought up a level of nastiness there, and I think we need to touch on it briefly. <laughs> what on earth is is it about worm, worm slime? Because that is an extra level of nastiness. Yeah, I mean, so gardeners use worm castings, poop, to fertilize gardens. They even make something called worm tea 
And so when the water and the poop it, mix, it makes a, a tea looking a brown substance. Oh man, so they, worms, they can't they can't use that word. That's my favorite drink. <laughs> oh, that's horrible of them. Worms are like the most efficient animal on the planet. I mean, they eat, process, and then fertilize for the next generation. I mean, they're they're crazy. But anyway, you get you get a, a, a box of worms, and chances are those box of worms have been sitting in that refrigerator in the bait shop for a couple weeks. Maybe maybe not a couple weeks, but at least a week. So they've you know they've done their business in there many many times. So when you grab them. You got worm poop on your hands, and then when you put them on the hook, you get that yellow slime on you, and that's sticky. So then you have worm poop and yellow slime mixed on your fingertips. Um, you know, you got to have that bait. I'll put it. I'll put the bait towel like I'll tuck it into my pants, and then that way it's right there where I where I naturally want to wipe my pants. Yep. So I just yep. wipe the towel right there. But you got to have it. You gotta have the towel. That the towel is definitely an awesome, an awesome choice for must-haves. And to be quite honest, I take a full bath towel with me when I go because I go early in the mornings and when I get out there, the, the seats are all wet. So I take the bath towel and I just wipe the seats off. And that ends up becoming a catch-all towel too. Yep. I know people say, Don't use your bath towels for that. Man, we've had the same bath towel since we got married like 10, 11 years ago. We got washing machines. It'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, I had uh, been offered some beach towels, some in not so mm-hmm. great condition, and other ones looked like they were brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom, uh, a couple months back, she's like, hey, you need some towels? I'm like, Yep. <laughs> I will take all of them. I left, I left one or two of them in the truck, just in case I happen to forget other towels to use in like an emergency situation, like mm-hmm. you were saying. And I forgot towels a lot. So, man, I, I've been I've forgotten a towel before, and then I have the the one from last time, like wet and nasty on the boat Ooh. with a little bit of mold on it. I don't care, man. I'll wash that sucker out in, in the water, and then I'll have it fresh bait towel. Like you got to have one. I mean, that should. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be too dramatic, but that's like almost as important as bringing your rod and reel. Sometimes, I mean, you got to have that. <laughs> I, I actually wrote down right here that the bait towel is just as important as the bait. Yeah. <laughs> like, you gotta have it. But then you got those guys that just don't care. You know, I mean, yep. I wish I could be that way, but uh, you know, I always been brought up to wash your hands and stay clean and and just having now i'm not gonna lie sometimes when i'm in the mix and the fish are biting i'm baiting up grabbing the poles throwing it out i'm i'll clean it up later type deal but yeah you know i i'm rarely in that situation when the fishing's that good <laughs> i i just have this thing where i don't like anything to be on on me i don't like i don't like lotions i don't yeah. like creams and i certainly don't like anything that's kind of borderline gross but um when i'm getting ready to cast out and fish i'm just thinking to myself don't get the reels all nasty because Mm -hmm. then i will tear them all the way down to the last screw and piece that's in there and that takes so much time whereas just making sure to wash and wipe your hand off you don't have to worry about it. I mean, the last two years, I think I fished with people and uh, of those two years, twice, uh, a kid set a reel down in the sand and I'm like, don't, don't do that. Don't. And I, you know, you try to be nice about it because in your mind, you're like, boy, and it's like, are you thinking or what? It's like, don't freak out. Yeah. I'm like, uh, we don't want the reel to be in the sand. And, and I mean, this one kid showed up last year. And I, I may have talked about it uh, in one of our earlier podcasts. But this kid shows up. He rode down from the campgrounds on his bicycle. And there I was catching catfish. Didn't even know he was there. 
this little kid was a ninja. And so I turn around and he's like, that's the biggest catfish I've ever seen. I'm like, you should see my friend's fish. And uh, he's like, no, I just mean right here. He's like, I didn't know there was fish right here. He's like, my family comes in camps. And he said he always lived by a pond and he would fish this pond. I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, well, stick around, man. I was like, let's see if we can get you a fish to catch. And I never did. Total mm-hmm. failure there too. But it happens. It, it was it was fun to talk with him. It was fun to enjoy it. It was fun to encourage him. He did not happen to have his fishing rod or reel there, so he had to get a hold of his dad, um, or maybe it was his stepdad. I don't know, but it did sound like he was struggling a little bit with the divorced family situation and trying to find something to do with the stepdad or whatever, and something they could share something they could do together and so uh i had told him i'm like you know i just got a bad feeling about this part of the bank i think we're gonna make a big move to the left and he's like okay so i'm like all right i was like i'm gonna start moving some of this stuff and then in the end we'll move the the last couple rods and and we'll get the you know our chairs down there so i took a chair out for him from the truck and you know, he pushed his bike over there and everything. And when I get the last bit of stuff to the to the spot, like 100, 150 yards down the bank, I turn around. And there's this kid dragging both rods by their rod tips. And the reels are just buried, just anchoring in that sand. And that's when I'm like, no, 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 we don't we don't want to do that. I was like, we we risk breaking the rods if we carry them by the top eye and the reels are not made to go through all that sand. Mm-hmm. I was like, they, they won't, they won't turn so good. That's and tough. He's like, he's like, Oh, whoops. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so mm-hmm. I tore those down to the mm-hmm. last screw and last piece. Cause they needed it. But anyway, I've thrown us off topic. That's all right. I didn't even say baking. That's a good story. (laughs) I I guess being a boat owner, one of the things, um, and I'm, you know, I've said the major things, everything else kind of is transitional, you know, goes on and off the boat with me. But, uh, you know, going back to the trailer and to, you know, the, the boat and everything, having extra fuses, have some extra fuses, have some extra light bulbs. Um, I have a lighter. I think a lighter. Uh, everyone needs to have a lighter in in their truck, in their car, on in a book bag, whatever. You need something or a fire starter. Let me just say a fire starter. But more than just fire starting, a lighter can help you with other things. You know, uh, that can help you melt something together or shrink wrap something or. You know, there's just a ton of uses for it. And just having fire readily accessible is, is really important. Um, we're getting borderline survival now. But I'm just thinking about, especially after last Friday, where we got caught in that hurricane out there on the river. You know, I started going through in my head, you know, do we have everything we would need if if we had to be stranded on this, this island for a day, you know, or something like that. So the answer was no. You know, but it was okay. It was okay. I thought about it, so that was, you know, now I'm now I'm prepared a little bit better now. So, um, so that's that's it for me, man. Those are the major things. You got any more? Well, that is an awesome way to look at it. It's also an awesome way to transition because uh, in in our in our pre-show. When we were catching up, you had said a few different things, a few different ways, and I just had the thought, and of course I dropped it, so I'm going to sound like a bumbling idiot again, (laughs) because I mentioned it was a great time to transition, and now I'm going to just make this transition awkward as can be. (laughs) But but, uh, That's the only problem with live live podcasts. That's right. That's right. You can't take it back. (laughs) But earlier you had said... um, did you ever have something, have a situation 
where you needed something and you didn't realize that you did have it. Right. And this is, is why you unloading the boat, cleaning it, deep cleaning it, getting this uh, interesting knowledge, having this experience, then thinking about your what you encountered, what you did. You, you, you're now are ready to start talking about, am I as organized as I want to be? Am I organized where I want to be, how I want to be? And then you also can take and expand upon this even further. Because like you just said right there, you got caught in some weather and it made you think. But now you know. Yep. And so are there a few other items you're thinking of adding? Can you add them in one container? Which compartment are you going to store those in? Are you going to change how you look at this? Because maybe you have a little too much of this that won't be used often at all. You can take that out, utilize that space and put something in there that may be more useful. Should you have that bad scenario where you're like, look, dude, we're getting off the water. We're going to be on this Island for a while. You know, one of the Palmetto islands. Yeah. <laughs> no, one of, one of the things, and Chris, uh, one of our boom squad members, Chris typed in the chat. Zip ties are awesome. Yes. I actually do have zip ties in my, dry box because my anchor you have to have zip ties for the anchor but i never really thought about them as an emergency tool so that's that's good uh, do I you have the bigger twist ties the reusable yeah big so, huge twist ties yeah, the i gear, like those gear ties so i ha- yeah. i naturally have four gear ties with me because i gear tie my rods in a bundle um because it's just easier to take them on and off the boat i have mm-hmm. to unload and load my boat almost completely every time I go fishing because I store my boat in a community lot. So trolling motor comes off all the tackle boxes, the rods, um, you know, I'll leave the first aid kit and stuff. Cause that's under the seats. Um, but yeah, so I, that I, they don't, they don't appreciate you leaving such a beautiful boat in your driveway. Yeah. They don't let us leave it in our driveway. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> Hopefully we'll get out of this soon, but that'll take us way off topic if we keep talking <laughs> about that. But I thought about, um, you know, I've now that I've cleaned out the boat, and you know, it's it's like a a twice a year thing that I do this. I'll do it at the end of the summer, and then I'll do it like at the end of the winter because nobody's cleaning their boat, pressure yep. washing boat in the winter time. But um, you know, now I have I have a lot of extra under seat storage. In fact, I've, I've packed stuff a little better now that I have uh, more room in there. Good. And so in my dry box, uh, Jeep says the, the TP, you have emergency fire starter TP. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, but as far as TP goes, I have wet wipes and you know, they're, they're biodegradable. Um, but I thought about, putting a little container in there, a survival container with one of my MRE meals that I have behind me. Mm-hmm. Like just, even if it's just one meal, you know, if you're, even if you get in a position, which I can't imagine with as, you know, we're not that rural, but uh, if you're in a situation where you're stuck, you know, stranded, one meal will last you three days. I mean, you can go three days without water. You can go three weeks without food. So if you have one meal on you, you're, you know, you're doing good. Um, but that gallon of water, you know, I always keep that on there. But, you know, just to, just to like an emergency kit, fire starters, like Jeep reference, um, uh, maybe, maybe, you know, uh, what do you call that? Emergency blanket? Yeah, I was just you thinking know? that. Uh, because think about it, too. It might not be the emergency has taken you you could come upon someone and you could have to react to someone who just smashed their boat on on something that you know because your your waters are not you know all pleasure boat waters you have uh 
the waters you always tell me are dangerous because they have lots of stumps. Yeah, Lake Marion, and, all of Lake Marion. <laughs> yeah, so you could have to react to a situation. Yeah, that's true. They could be in the water. They could be cold. You would need that blanket for mm-hmm. them if you if you went to to help help them in distress. So yeah, yeah, just a little survival kit, you know, and, not, and then all the stuff you think about that goes in there, you know, uh, uh if I run out of that water, which, you know, again, in the areas that I'm fishing, I'm not, I'm probably get rescued within a day. Um, but just in case, you know, a, a survival straw, you know, something small to put in there, uh, you know, a little cup uh, to boil stuff in, you know, so, stuff like that. So that's what I thought about. Um, you know, I also thought about different ways to organize my stuff and, I almost made a mistake. Uh, I looked at my anchors and I'm like, you know, those anchors take up a lot of space. And I'm just spot locking a lot these days. I'm like, Kevin, you're a moron. You always need to have an anchor on the boat. In my opinion, you always need to have an anchor on the boat. That spot lock can go down. Friday night, my spot lock went down last Friday night. And I got blown into the trees. You know, uh, what if the engine didn't crank? You know, I, I could have just thrown that anchor out and tied it off and it would have grabbed eventually. You know, I think yep. you always need to have at least one anchor in the boat. But I went ahead and put both of them in there. I put them back in there. Well, and for but, a boat uh, your size, it's probably safest to have two. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I, I I've decided that, you know, I don't always, so I do two styles of fishing. You know, you have the, the lake fishing, which is majority for me, dragging baits, staying on the move. So I need planer boards, dragging weights, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then for river fishing, it's mostly anchoring and or, or spot locking, stuff like that. So then I need a different type of weight for that, and I don't need the planer board. So I put a place in my garage now where I have my drift socks, and my drifting stuff, since I have to unload and load the boat anyway. But it saves me a ton of room. Like right now, underneath my main seat, my main guest seat in the boat, which is my biggest storage area, all I have is a waistling in there, right? And and the bucket. I have the bucket in there. That's another one. Got to have the bucket. <laughs> the, the bucket is what allows us to fish for hours and hours and hours. Since since we have small kids and young kids, and mm. what I will say though is, once they start to like the bucket, trust the bucket, and understand how helpful the bucket is, <laughs> then they want to use it every hour on the hour just yeah. because they know you have it. So, if I were you, if I had two little girls and I bank fish all the time, I'd have me a pee palace in the back of the truck. Yeah, and I always have it on me, and then for me too. We're we're watching, <laughs> and this is a really enjoyable show, y'all. It's got a lot of bad language in it, so maybe I shouldn't recommend it. But uh, it's like real life. It's called Snowflake Mountain, and it's it's on Netflix. And basically, a lot of privileged twenty somethings that never have to do anything. They don't pay for anything. They party all the time. Their parents you know, trick them and send them out on this mountain where they have to learn survival <laughs> stuff. And, uh, and at first, you know, they all, they're all like, I'm not staying here. And of course they can't force them, but there's a $50,000 reward if they finish. So of course, you Ooh. know, they want to, I am enjoying that show. So like I had to pull myself away <laughs> to come do this. I love it. You know, and you have every type of personality, you know, you have, alternative lifestyles you have alternative cultures and different personalities there's a lot of a lot of f-bomb dropping so it's not for the kids <clears throat> but man um you know just having those watching those people doing it 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 just i, I forgot what my point was <laughs> i was about to recommend the show and I, I had a point to it but it's it's about uh you know realizing you know what you have and and uh, learning. Okay, I remember now. I got it. I got it. Sorry, folks listening. That's live podcasting for you. 
So I was talking about the bucket. We we're talking about the bucket, right? Yep, the bucket. Well, these guys, the one of the last episodes I was watching that I pulled myself away, they're hiking up a mountain. And this girl's narrating, and she's like, um, such and such was behind me the whole time. He's talking and talking. And he just got quiet. And he kept getting quieter, and he started making noises. And then they cut to him. He goes, yeah, I have to crap so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's me. That's me. I'm the one hiking up the mountain that's got a poop. <laughs> so, so, of course, the, you know, the, the guides that are guiding them through this. And it's all about self-realization, responsibility, you know, becoming a responsible person. And um, they're like, man, just go do it and get it over with. He's like, no, we need to keep hiking. I can hold it. And meanwhile, he's sweating and turning red and he ends up going over and you know, everybody's watching him walk away to go do this thing, but I I, I just got a kick out of it. And uh, if, if if you don't have kids around and you have Netflix, it's definitely a fun show to watch. But like I said, if you don't like foul language and it's 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 got some bad. I mean, these are like snotty nosed brats, you know. But <laughs> but I'm enjoying it because it's. That's my daily life, man. Like I go into the school and I'm trying to mold these young people's lives into some being responsible citizens when they get out. And I like when I'm watching this, I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I deal with right there. You know, privileged, young, uh, not not rich, but just, you know, this generation is tough. It's really tough. So. I can identify with it and I can get past the language in my mind because I hear yeah. it. All the time. Oh man. But Hey, look, that was a great topic, but I don't want us to leave tonight without talking about something that happened last night. If you're not really in tune with the catfish community, quote, 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 unquote, then I want to tell you about a channel. It's called Epic Catfish. And uh, the main character in the in the channel is is tim scott um and him and his buddy sean uh make this channel about hunting giant catfish and that's their whole thing that's what they live for uh what do they say they use donkey baits and donkey weights that's right right? (laughs) so they make their own weights they use like 16 ounce two pound weights to keep these giant one pound baits down on the bottom they fish the mississippi river up near big you know river flows and giant barges like the the most dangerous stuff you can get in but they hunt these giant cats well unfortunately um earlier about maybe a month ago uh tim the main guy his oldest son garrett uh passed away in a car crash and it really kind of shocked the community and Right in the middle of your live stream, we heard about it. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was live at the time, and I just caught a fish, and I was super jazzed about it. Um, And then it pop up, and Sean's in there saying, you know, yeah, thanks, guys. It was horrible, but this and that. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, what's going on? So I throw the fish back. I scroll up, and that's where I see, you know, he had lost his son. And, uh, you know, obviously devastating you're not supposed to die before your children or you're not your children are supposed to die before you i mean and uh you know so we all felt for him and you know the community came together donated some cash and prayers text messages emails all this stuff and long story short um and we'll get to you know why we want to talk about it in a minute but last night was their first night um, and this is Friday night. It was July 30th uh, or 29th, one of them two. Um, their, their first night going live fishing for giant catfish since this tragedy happened. And it was Tim and his buddy Sean and his youngest son, Connor. And they went out there. And this is where I'm going to hand it over to you, Mike. And you can kind of give your perspective on it because you actually were in the chat a lot. Um you know what did that what did that kind of mean? Like what happened and last night and what what did that kind of mean to you and to them? Well it was it was definitely uh something that I had been waiting to see for a little while and it sounds 
horrible to say things uh, from such a selfish me, me, me kind of perspective. But I know whenever I deal with life struggles, oftentimes all I want to do is just get back to fishing. And it's, it's peaceful. It's tranquil. To me, it's, uh, it's it's good for your soul that's how i look at fishing anyway that's how i feel it and um so hadn't said anything i hadn't asked anybody anything we just i think i think most of us were just waiting to hear when our friend was going to go back fishing and like kevin says these guys they're they're going after the biggest things down there and they know how to find them and they 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 get their chances and i think tim's caught more 100 pounders than i've probably caught fish over 20 pounds in my whole life and, and he does it you know he's figured it out he 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 studies it he continues to do it but you see them say hey we're going to go fishing and connor's coming with us and i'm like whoa it's like this is this is this is what we maybe we all needed, you know, but the fact that they're so strong and doing so well and, and, and they're going for it, they're going to try to have that fun because when, when life hits you like that, fun doesn't feel the same, you know, when you're first trying to get back to doing something that you normally do for fun or for enjoyment or, you know, so so part of me is just like, wow, you know, it's like, I hope it goes well. I'm worried. I'm thinking, you know, how are they going to do um, themselves? Yeah, the last thing you want is for them to get skunked, right? Yeah. And, no, and even then, sometimes you go and you do that kind of stuff and then you're just, you're not the same either. It's rough. And here these guys are going out there and they're going to go live on YouTube. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. I was like, that's it's it's inspiring, it's encouraging and uh incredibly brave. And and sure enough, as soon as they flipped the switch on, they weren't even ready because no. they were getting their rods out and instantly they hooked into a beast and they had already uh hoisted it up into the boat. And you look at this fish and you're just like, and Sean had caught it. They said Sean had had reeled it in and he's all happy and he's excited and, and, and feeling positive. And, and there's Connor helping him, you know, and, and Tim's talking and then he picks the thing up and I'm just like, my gosh, I was like, (laughs) how big is that thing? Cause Mm -hmm. Sean's, Sean's a very normal sized individual. He is not small. He's not petite by any means, but this, you know, when the fish are that big, and I've never caught one, I've never seen one that big, you know, but the when when these guys are holding them and you can just see their arm locked in a big L under that fish's big belly, and the fish just looks muscular as can be. I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's it's covering his whole chest. <laughs> you know, so the first fish, I don't know if it was in the 60 range or 65 or whatever but it was big sure did look like it and they started off happy they were excited they're they're high-fiving they're having a great time and and i felt great for them so everything started off so positively well then that kept happening it was 30 a 40 a 50 another 50 a 40 a 30 and it was like they couldn't be stopped it was like there's a presence with them. You yeah. Know, like it was blessed. That's what we, I like. That's what I said. It was, it's like the night was blessed. Yeah. We were talking about that in the pre-show too. Yeah. And, and I don't know that everybody, well, here, I, I'll say it this way. I know that everybody doesn't share the same faith. I know that people believe differently. I know that right. people, people, some people do not believe that there is a god and last night you see these guys catching these fish left right left right and having a good time and 
I was so tired and we were going to get up this morning, travel two hours and some odd minutes to a zoo, a bigger zoo, because Leia had said, hey, I want to go to the big zoo and see all the other animals. So when your kids ask you for something, you try to do it if you can. So we set it all up. But last night I'm like, I can't stop watching this. I was like, I. I was like, I, I need sleep, but I can't stop watching this. So I got comfortable in the chair and I'm talking to the dog, <laughs> the dog and the dog is asleep. He's asleep right now. And I'm just like, I can't not watch this. I was like, and I could tell that I was dozing off every now and then. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, um, it was probably what, I don't know if it was like after midnight. It was, I mean, it seemed like it was after one o'clock. It was after one, you think? Definitely after midnight. Definitely after midnight. Um, huge, Something extraordinary happened. Yeah. A huge, huge battle, huge tussle. And these guys and who, were throwing who, out who grabs the bait. Yeah. It, it so, was, it was, so Connor. there's, there's a, there's a, the biggest fish of the night. Yep. And who the grabs fish the, of the night? Uh, Tim's son. Is on this rod, and and just to give everybody a little idea, um, they're throwing out hunks of bait that are like bigger than their hands. I mean, just humongous. Said like one pound bait. bait. Yeah, hunks of carp and hunks of Asian carp, and I thought they said they had one moon eye, but I can't remember if they used it or not, or what, or or when. Because it was it was getting late. I was really sleepy. And honestly, I thought that I dreamt it. <laughs> and then I woke up. Kristen's getting ready. You know, I got to get up. I got to get ready. We got to get all this, you know, get the snacks, get the drinks, get the kids ready to get out, get the dog ready. Then the dog got off of his leash. He's running around the, the neighborhood trying to get him back in here so we can go to the zoo and then i'm like wait i need to look at my phone and you had sent the link mm-hmm. showing that connor yeah uh, had caught I a, it too. connor had caught a blue cat mm-hmm. that was over 100 pounds mm-hmm. and they have a a very very amazingly accurate formula for that well, and guess, and Tim Scott, who's called yeah, Tim multiples, knows, yeah, multiples over a hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, when he says it's a hundred, you believe him. Well, well, he's caught what like a dozen or eight. Well, the first video he ever put fish out over hundred pounds was estimated at a hundred and thirty pound fish. Yeah, y'all so gotta go knows. check out go check out yeah. Epic Catfish on YouTube, guys. But I Amazing. just want to go back. I want to go back to so this morning I scanned through it. And I was commenting like timestamps so Tim could find them. And then I got to that that point where the big one was. Uh, the big one, the biggest one. <laughs> and the rod goes down and, and and Connor jumps on it. And at that point, I didn't know who had reeled it in. Cause I after I got done my live stream on TikTok, I I they were still live. So yeah. I I came in there and Sean had told me he was like yeah we got several fifties and a hundred I was like what a hundred like that's just something you don't hear you don't hear that yeah I caught a hundred today a hundred what bluegill <laughs> you know but uh but yeah so you know I, I get up first I have my breakfast and I'm sitting there scanning through and uh, YouTube has this feature where you can click you can clip something and you can send somebody the link and it's the first time i ever used it and uh i sent it to everybody probably everybody already saw it but i sent it to a lot of people i sent it to tim and tim ended up calling me he said man was that an awesome night or what i said it looked like it man he, we talked for about 15 minutes and i said how awesome was that that your son grabbed that rod you know you lost the son i didn't tell the that was the end of that conversation, but I was thinking you lost a son and the first night you go live, not only is it just a blessed night, but then your remaining son 
grabs that rod and catches the biggest catfish of his life. I mean, that's like Mike said, I know people don't believe in the afterlife or, or God or, or a being an ultimate being. Um, I do. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll say that to the, to the day I die, but you can't tell me, you can tell me, but I'm going to have my own opinion. And you're not going to change it. God was on that boat last night with them and he was blessing them because he knew how much pain those three guys. And let's not forget about Tim's wife, how much pain they had gone through. Um, and then to see the joy that was brought back in, even, even if it was just for last night, even if it was just for those few hours, the, the joy that came from catching a fish, one of God's creations, and then they got to let it go. You know, I just, uh, you know, I'm not, not much of a mushy type guy, but that, that'll pull your heartstrings right there. And anyway, I just, I think oh, yeah. it's something that was worth talking about. Um, and you, you mentioned it too. I, well, I mentioned it and you kind of, uh, went, went further on it. I said, you know, Sean is, is just a friend of the family, but I believe Sean probably treats those boys like his own. And then you said something that you saw on yeah, his face I, last night. Once the two of them combine their efforts to hoist that fish into the boat you could just see sean touch connor's shoulders you know kind of give him a a pat like way to go and 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 you know i'm happy for you you know i was you know glad i'm here this is awesome and then it's like he turned away and you know it's uh loss is a huge thing and we're all going to face it. And, and, and like I had said, sometimes just trying to do something again, that makes you feel good. I worry that sometimes it won't be the same anymore, but you could just tell like for that split second, maybe I'm making it up. Maybe, maybe, you know, he's, he's looking at the other rods, but I kind of doubt it. You could just tell that it meant that much to him. And I think, that looking at the size of the fish, Connor might just been like, whoa, you know, <laughs> but, but those guys, those guys know, but the, and, and they had that experience and Tim wasn't on camera. So we can only imagine, uh, until we, till you know, those of us who talk to him get to talk to him, but it meant a lot to me too, as a, as a friend, as mm-hmm. a, as a uh, someone who's who's reached out to Tim a few times in the last month, you know, just let them know that that we're still praying for him and and care about him and and hope that he's doing as well as he can do and and last night they certainly did just about as well as anybody yeah. could do in that boat. That was amazing stuff. And I I imagine that that and this is all this is all personal perspective people like yep, this yep. None, none of what we're saying is confirmed but i like that uh, if you talk i know tim a little bit and so does mike probably is true but this is just how the whole moment the whole night kind of made us feel from an outside perspective but i'd like to imagine that last night was the start of a different kind of healing process like, uh, you know, I'm sure Garrett wanted his dad to get back out there and, and do what he loves to do. Um, and especially with his little brother. And I'm, I imagine when his little brother picked up that fish, I can't imagine what went through Tim's heart because the first video we ever saw who was on that boat with him. Yep. Both his Garrett, boys. Garrett and Connor. Yep. And they pulled that fish in together and sat it on dad's lap. And they all had a piece of that. <laughs> yeah. If y'all haven't seen that video, you need to go Amazing. see that. Amazing. But Mike, now that we've gotten all mushy, <laughs> it's been a good show, man. I think uh I think we had a good topic, and I think people will relate to what we're talking about here in the end. You know, fishing means a lot of different things to, to different people, but I think in a in one way, fishing means the same 
to all of us. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Any final words? Well, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, as I usually do, I totally agree with you. <laughs> and uh, if anybody didn't happen to catch our, our friends Tim, Sean, and Connor fishing last night, they're fishing right now, too. Yeah. So uh, give it a look. Give the channel a look. If you, you want to subscribe, uh, hit that little bell. Mm. And uh, you can catch the next one if you didn't catch yeah. last night or if you can't catch tonight because – those guys are fun. Awesome. And that reminds me, guys, help us out, too. We have a YouTube channel where we put this. the So we, as you can tell by the day, we had a few mix-ups, but we do live podcasts. And so we're video recording this as well, and we put that on our YouTube channel, the Real Deal Fishing Podcast. So if you want to see us mess up and the looks on our faces and the chuckles we have <laughs> go over there and check it out subscribe you know we're almost to 100 we're so close to 100 subscribers um also check out marillo's family fishing on youtube see lauren do some lauren interviews and see leia and 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 mike and uh the whole family and and lauren go out and fish and just have a great time also palmetto cats we're almost to 10,000 subscribers, y'all. I can feel it. I think we're less than 400 away. So, you know, go over there and check me out. Join the Boom Squad if you want to come in and uh, see these live recorded podcasts like Uncle Jeep and Chris tonight. They're in here chatting with us and watching. It's exclusively Boom Squad members that get to chat and uh, participate in the live recording. That being said, we're going to pray and we're going to get out of here. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for another opportunity to share the love for fishing with each other and to the world, you know, frankly. Uh, we don't take it for granted that we get to do this in a world where there's so much wrong with things out there, you know, hunger and war and uh, fighting and infighting and civil war. But, Lord, we, we get to go fishing and we get to enjoy your creation. We thank you. Lord, thoughts and prayers go out to Tim and his family, Lord, for continued healing. And we just thank you for uh, giving them that night last night, Lord. And I pray that they, as they're out fishing tonight, that you keep them safe and you bless them again. Lord, I thank you for Mike, my friend. Uh, Lord, we have a good friendship going and we love this podcast thing. We just thank you for blessing it. And Lord, if we ever do anything that's not your will, let us know. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Until next time, happy fishing, everybody. <laughs>